Every leader has problems. Increasing your leadership intensity won't fix them in a healthy way. You need an increase of clarity. From starting businesses, leading multiple nonprofit organizations, both large and small, and a full family life, Dr. Chris McAllister learned how to shift his thinking to thrive. He will help you order your internal world so you can lead your external world. Welcome to the Site Shift Lead Podcast with Chris McAllister. What if you could look at a list of actions to figure out? what you might be doing that keeps you from moving your mission mission forward, advancing uh, your career, getting that next promotion. That's what I want to do in this episode. Uh, real quick, um, following this episode, if things go as planned, which they rarely do, uh, I've got somebody that I'll be walking through our initial 12-week coaching program on air in the episodes. So, I made that offer in the last one and uh, selected somebody pumped about that. Look forward to you hearing that story, and we'll we'll take that adventure together. It'll be fun. But today, what I want to do is help you move it way forward. Now, I was having coffee with somebody recently, a friend, and they were telling me about this really like a 40-year vision, and they recognize they can't control like the next quarter, next year, but they have this future they're focused on, but they're engaged in the present. Uh, you know, that's a tension that I talk about. If you can learn to live in that reality, present, engaged, future focused, you dance in the kitchen like you can't control anything and you're going to enjoy the next five minutes like crazy. At the same time, where do you want to be far down the road? So, I mean, I can look at like age 75. I'm 37 now. I know this sounds crazy. I want to be leading some site shift retreats in a cabin, chilling with people, uh, hanging around a fire pit, uh, having some drinks, laughing, and then helping them figure out who they are, how to live and lead from a secure core. Maybe I could call it helping them how to figure that shift out, uh, the shift of who they are. Um, but either way, I know also that I'm trying a crazy project because I wanted to, and we're going to try to put two books out. That's kind of what captured me, and I think it also makes the most business sense for something I want to accomplish. We'll see if it works. I don't know. I've got a list of like 39 or 40 things after that, and I'll see which one I think makes the most sense to take the next step, which feels like the unobstructed creative expression of who I am. It excites me. Uh, It moves something forward. But what I want to do now is give you actions that you can look for yourself in these actions and go, am I getting in the way of moving the mission forward, of taking that next step? So here they are. As I go through these actions, I'm also going to connect them to understanding our fear. And if you've hung around this podcast very long, you've heard me quote this before. I'll do it again. Seth Godin says, the essence of leadership is to be aware of your fear. I want to give you precision on that fear, on how actions may be holding you back. So action number one that blocks your promotion, that blocks your mission moving forward. Action number one that blocks you seeing uh, yourself take that next step is this. You don't develop others. You don't develop others. Um, With Sight Shift over and over, we're talking about this idea. A secure identity overflows to a clear mission and will attract and build healthy community. And so when you're secure in who you are, you're not going to BS your desires. You're honest about it. You go after that mission and a clear mission will attract community and it'll be healthy because it's built on a secure identity. So if you're insecure in who you are, you fear that if you're not needed, 
to the enterprise, to the organization, you'll feel lost. So rather than developing and growing and empowering leaders, you actually develop systems that keep you as the essential hub. Here's what I mean. I have people come to me, um, you know, most people that enter into site shift enter into from a business context. So, and they, you know, and it's awesome how people that may not know what to expect jump in and they go, whoa, this hits like all of my life. Awesome. Great. But when we, when we have people jump in at a business level um, that are kind of in a place where there's a lot of rapid growth and that tends to be uh, most of the people we work with, they need help developing systems. And so they could say to me, hey, I need help developing this so that I can get leaders growing and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, look, if you focus on developing leaders right now and we don't get you, you know, we don't help you figure out who you are, then you're going to develop systems where you're going to be needed rather than having a team of people around you that you develop them to the level that they're your peers. You're going to actually do things to sabotage the process. You're not going to let them in on your thinking and the why behind your decisions. You're not going to talk to them about the subtle nuance of skill and how you're applying something and how you learned the hard way about if you go too far this way or too far this way, it wrecks it. I mean, we could use tons of examples, but at the, but at the end of the day, the action that will block you moving it forward is that you don't develop others. There's nobody that you're saying, this is what I learned. This is what I'm thinking about. This is how I process that. And you say, well, there's nobody around me that wants to do that. Keep doing your thing. Hungry people will come around. Um, with site shift, you know, I've had people just straight up say, Hey, I want to, you know, I want to be a part of this. Here's my skills and gifts. Use them. Let's do it. Um, and, and sometimes it's not always a good fit, but I will say that as I have been doing it like behind the scenes for about five or six years, I was able to see people come around me that have owned it so deep that they are leaders in their own right with helping others figure out who they are. Um, and there was no magical thing that happened. It was just, I'm going to keep leading with a clear mission and that community will keep getting built. And I'm going to, you know, that's the group you overshare with. If you want to develop leaders, you overshare. Um, it doesn't mean that you have to share those things that spotlight, like we've talked about before from Brene Brown or cause others to wince or share so much that you lose confidence, uh, in, or that there's a loss of confidence in your, uh, desire to get after it and figure it out. But we all can help others grow around us. Action number two, that's going to block you moving it forward. You constantly go chicken little, and this is where, uh, I want to build off of what it means to overshare. You can't inspire confidence because there's not this thing in you that says, I will stare down the opposing forces. Um, look, there's no certainty in mission. There's no certainty in anything that you go after that it's going to work. You have no idea. In fact, most of the things that I've tried haven't worked. Um, you know, it's funny cause I'll talk with my wife about this and she'll be like, Hey, did that work? And I'm like, Nope. Uh, I'll try another idea next week. And of the three or four ideas that I have developing a lot of traction, there have been 17 other ideas in the ditches. Um, <laughs> and it's this idea that you wake up and you're like, I am going to stare down the opposing forces. I'm, I'm going to um, learn resilience when I can separate who I am from what I do, that what happens in my mission can't add or take away from who I am. 
then I don't have to go Chicken Little. We all know the people that go Chicken Little. They obsessively amplify what could go wrong. And they do this oftentimes to try to test people's commitments. So rather than inspiring through hope, they jolt with fear. At the end of the day as a leader, you want to move it forward? Show up with hope and energy. It may even be a little bit of a naive hope. I mean, you've got to do what you can to not uh, chase a fantasy, you know, make great decisions. The ninth episode of this podcast was on improving decision-making. Go back through that so you can tie yourself into reality. You know, a leader's key asset uh, in planning and making decisions is to face reality. But when it's scary and when you're afraid, bring the hope, bring the energy. What what would you say? You know, you go in the room and they're like, there's no way we can do it. What would you say if we shut that door right now and we look at each other eyeball to eyeball and say, let's go for it. This is kind of a, a funny story to me because I think sometimes uh, we're afraid in business to talk about the the reality of fear and, and what feels like soft stuff or squishy or woo-woo. I think of Steve Jobs. I think it was Gorilla Glass when they needed him to run the production for the iPhones and they couldn't get it done. And the guy, you know, was like, we just can't do it. And Steve calls the CEO and he's like, don't be afraid. You can do it. Whoa. Isn't that that simple? I forget the exact words, but that captures the essence of it. Don't be afraid. You can do it. Keep going. Um, and the way I like to say that is it's going to be okay. If you don't know what to do to move it forward, just get alone with your team in the room. It's going to be okay. But if you're constantly going chicken little, you can't do that. Action number three, you kick the can down the road. You kick the can down the road. Now, this is the opposite overreaction to going chicken little. Hear what you do that gets in your own way and blocks up moving it forward. You gloss over reality. You miss glaring problems. You're afraid to address critical issues. You postpone decisions. Why? Because you've got to construct a false peace. You've got to make everybody think it's okay. Because if it's not okay, they may leave you. And ultimately, your fear that you will be left alone, that you will be abandoned, causes you from being the leader that you need to be to move it forward, the relationship, the mission that you have, the thing that's happening at work, whatever it is for you, because you can't see reality as it is. And you keep trying to buy yourself some more time. And eventually there's a price to be paid with that. Fourth action that will block you from moving forward. Um, you don't move with boldness or you jump in blindly. Now these are two ditches if you want to think about it this way. Um, if you're afraid that you don't have what it takes, um, and you feel that imposter syndrome, uh, I forget the author of that book, that the way we talk about it with sight shift, shame, you feel bad about who you are, you're going to be found out. If you're afraid that you don't have what it takes, then you're either going to stay in wallflower mode um, and you're not going to bring the full weight of who you are to what you're doing, you know, duck and run in the corporate job. You're not going to move your mission forward. You're not going to put yourself out there. You're not going to try that next bold step that's going to make you feel vulnerable but will help others. I think about that with the most recent podcast episode, um, the last one, that you know every moment represents this opportunity for growth. And I shared a vulnerable moment, and I felt crazy and bold 
uh, doing it, I didn't want to be in the wallflower mode, right? I know that I don't have it all together. I know that I don't perfect, uh, have it perfectly figured out, but I'm just going to keep taking that next vulnerable step. Um, or you throw strategy out the window in good sense and you just take the plunge. You, f- you say, oh, we can't plan. Plans are going to mess things up. We just got to do this. If you are in wallflower mode or crazy close your eyes, run and jump off the cliff mode, both of these are because you don't want to feel the vulnerability of looking at strengths and weaknesses as you say, these are the necessary skills I need to develop. Look, you don't have to just kill it in one area of your life and then act foolish in the others. And acting foolish means you're not bringing who you are or you're just running and jumping off the cliff, closing your eyes. Hey, there are cliffs to be jumped off of, and I jump. Uh, And I jump, and sometimes there's been collateral damage to relationships and emotions and even my own family's rhythm. But I've learned to look both ways, take a deep breath before I take that jump. So the action here, again, just to restate it, the fourth action that will block you is that you don't uh, move with boldness or you jump in blindly. Fifth action that will block you moving forward You're always building a future of fantasy. So the big wins are all you care about. You think your worth in the world is determined by winning big. And you don't know how to address present concerns. You you ignore them and you skip over them because you're too busy chasing the future. The problem is you're going to burn others out to get there. And you'll eventually burn yourself out. Um, I could talk for way too long about this one because this is the one that I would do. Um, I I could do all of these, but this is the one that I would do the most. If I look at the core of my bad decisions, I'm building a future fantasy and I'm missing the present concerns. So more and more what I've learned to do is to say, I'm going to address present concerns and I may still want to do that thing that goes after the future, but I'm going to do it in a way that as much as I can addresses the present concerns. Uh, It's too easy and, and we'll call it lazy to daydream about what could be. And we miss loving what we have. A metaphor, an analogy that's been helping me a ton. Um, and a friend said this to me. He was on a few episodes a while back, Adam. Early on, when I went into Sight Shift with a full focus, he goes, you know, you've gotten alone in the cave. You've learned so much. You're ready to help people. There's not more you're necessarily going to learn. Now it's about listening to the people that are around you. Um, loving the ground you're on. And so that's been a huge metaphor for me or an analogy. I'm used to managing 100 acres and starting out with site shift. It's loving that one acre. And I know I hit that in a previous episode, so I'll shorten it just to say, if you're always building a future of fantasy, you're going to block moving it forward. You're going to block that promotion. You're going to block moving your mission forward. Sixth action that blocks it. You talk a big game, but you don't deliver. Uh, These are the hype artists. I mean, hype just courses through your veins. And you confuse hype with motivation. You don't know the difference. See, hype is something that is external, forced on you, and wears off. Motivation is something that you learn to tap into internally as you uh, reframe your thinking, and it's something that renews itself. It doesn't run out. Then it's not about the energy you've got to get. It's about the energy you can give. But for the hype artists who talk a big game... They get jacked on adrenaline, and for a moment, they'll feel relief. They're not going to be found out for the fraud that they feel they are. Uh, That's why I feel sorry for hype artists. Look, 
rather than learn that hype will wear you out 20 years from now, learn it now. Learn you're not a fraud. Find intrinsic motivation and your external hype fades. And then rather than trying to always get people jacked up, you help them relax their way into who you are just as you've relaxed your way into who you are. Seventh action that will block you moving it forward. You built a shrine to the past. So the anxiety of the present, the nail-biting unknown of the future, keeps you stuck in the past because that's the only time you had sure ground. And you're afraid the ground beneath you will give away, so you look for sure footing in what was. And here's the catch. You miss the present moment to be seized. And there's a present moment to be seized. Maybe it's going to be in the uh, boardroom when the decision's being uh, made and everybody else has just spoken in approval blindly, but there's a concern that you need to voice. And voicing that concern is like David taking on Goliath. And it's the pathway to your next promotion. You don't do it bombastically. You don't walk in cocked and ready to fire. But rather than thinking I've got to have sure ground, it's saying I'm going to take this next step. I'm not going to build a shrine in the past. You know, how many people do we know that have launched out and done their own thing and taken an innovative step and done something that made the world a better place, that moved their mission forward, that carved out a space or a niche a niche that they can impact, but now they're stuck to the way that they did it before. And a shrine has been built to the past. Um, I always think of uh, the show King of Queens here. So Doug has gone back to visit his family. Carrie is with him. And Carrie is watching uh, home videos while Doug's out in the yard playing with his dog. And she looks at the home videos and looks at him playing in the yard. And she's like, that's like the same dog. How is that the same dog? Doug's a little kid here. And now he's out in the yard, older kid, uh, you know, an adult calling it by the same name. Mom fesses up. Well, we didn't have the heart to tell Doug his dog died. That's like the third one. Um, Man, this is hard, right? You've built a shrine to the past. The dog is dead. It's time to move on. Eight action that'll block you. Moving forward, promotion, advancement. You're fake, and everybody knows it but you. You've got a great BS game. You tell stories, people laugh. But at the end of the day, you can't draw people into your leadership because your walls that you've constructed are rigid and imposing. People get close to you, and you push them away. Because you're afraid to be vulnerable. You're convinced you'll be hurt. And so the autopilot of throwing up those walls keeps you lonely. And your loneliness saps you of energy and power. But it also keeps people from being excited to connect with you, to move forward with you, to promote you, to be a part of your mission. Ninth action. You don't believe you should get to move it forward. You don't believe you should get that promotion. You don't believe you deserve it. You've been afraid for so long. You resent being passed over, but you won't put yourself out there in the big pond. You've never really found your unique voice and tapped into that presence that you bring. Instead, you've said, oh, there's too many other people doing it. You had that great idea And then you saw online where somebody else already did it. Or you had that great idea at work and you saw where somebody else already did it. Well, maybe you're supposed to do it in a different way. Maybe you do it better. Maybe rather than that telling you you don't have anything to offer, it sends you back to the drawing board to do it again.
because you're not irreplaceable. If you're finding yourself uh, resonating with any of these actions that are blocking you from moving it forward, uh, there's a lot that you could go back through. Go back through the first 12 episodes where I walk you through how to figure out these fears and keep them from holding power over you for now. You don't have to figure it all out. You don't have to know exactly what's going to happen. All it is about is taking the next right step. And how do you know if it's the right step? If you can feel it and own it, if the best you know it's true to who you are and you're not chasing a fantasy, you're tied into reality and saying, I'm going to go after this. Hey, thanks for being here. Have an awesome week. Peace. This has been The Sight Shift, lead podcast with Chris McAllister. Thank you for listening.